And so here we are at the end of our Christmas tide celebration. Epiphany is, was on the sixth, that aha moment where we're called to actually be like the, the wise men and just open our eyes and say, aha, something new is born into our world. Something new is born into our hearts that give us light, that give us warmth, that give us direction. And so we gather at this time with grateful hearts, grateful hearts that, that Jesus has come, God has come, born unto us so that we might see what God is, who God is, how God directs our paths. And yet there is something so human about Jesus that, that we cannot just think of some lofty God, but we're able to actually envision a concrete human being who is put on earth to grow, to learn, to love, and to ultimately guide us. And so Jesus, a 12-year-old, 13 is when he would have become a full adult in, in the eyes of the community and the congregation he was a part of, the age of 13. But he's 12 years old, and every year the family went in for the Passover. They let themselves down, you know, out of Nazareth, south along the Jordan River to Jerusalem. And, and they get there, and it's, it's all the family. It's a big festival. There's lots of people, and all the cousins are milling about and I used to really think that, well, Mary and Joseph couldn't have been very good parents to have lost the kid, you know, and not noticed that he was missing for a day. But, you know, when I was with my cousins as a kid, as long as we stayed out of sight, we could go to whatever we wanted. You know, we were talking about it this week, you know, as kids. You know, as long as you were home by the time the streetlights came on or, you know, by the time it got dark or the time the dinner bell rang, uh, my mother actually had a bell out in the back. And out of the back door, and she would ring it when she wanted us to, because we could hear it from, for a mile. And so we'd hear it, and we'd say, oh, it's time to start heading home. And so, you know, that sort of freedom to just be out there. But then they spent three days searching in Jerusalem. Can you even imagine that? I mean, there's nothing worse than when a kid goes missing. And I don't know about any of your children, but my children all had a habit going missing at some point in their lives. And it, there's nothing more terrifying than a missing child. Then they finally find Jesus, and his response to his mother is, well, where do you think I'd be in my father's house, you know? And I can imagine her just grabbing his ear and dragging him out of that synagogue or putting his, her hand around the scruff of his neck, because we know after that he was obedient. Uh-huh, so somewhere here, Mary and Joseph got that message into Jesus' head that you may think you know it all, but we're still your parents, and you're going to be obedient unto us. And we know that that's not always easy with children. But there's that humanity of Jesus that, you know, he's, he already thinks he knows everything. I mean, I knew so much more when I was younger than I know now, and it's not just that I've forgotten half of it. You know, I just really thought I knew it all. And Jesus is at that age where he knows everything. 
And there's everyone in the synagogue looking at him and learning from him and amazed at the depth of his understanding. We have a 15-year-old grandson. He's a very brilliant young man. Um, also given his mother a run for her money. But, you know, he knows so much. And it's sort of like Jesus was, was at that stage in his life where he knows so much. But it's not just knowledge. It's what do you do with it. Now, I think about this because of the humanity of Jesus. And I also make a note that this is the last we hear about Jesus in our scriptures until he turns 30. So we had an 18-year gap there where Jesus was growing and learning and, 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 and becoming faithful. But we've got an 18-year gap where he had time to mature. And so it's in that maturation of faith, in that living it, learning it, working with it, that it ends up becoming truly yours. And so with Jesus, it became his on this earthly realm when he turned 30 and was baptized by his cousin John. But our scriptures also tell us that the word, the logos, was in the beginning. And all things were created through. And we know in Genesis, we have this, this plural God that created the heavens and the earth and all that is in it. So thinking of Jesus, the risen Christ, that encompasses all of creation, all of our lives, all of history, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And so when we start to understand that Christ was and is and will be, and also was here to walk where our feet may trod. That Jesus, mere 2,000 years ago, that's nothing in the span of history. 2,000 years ago, and we know where Jesus walked in Jerusalem. We know where, where the where he was crucified. We know we can find Nazareth and Bethlehem and all these places in our scriptures where we go on this journey with Jesus. We know that Jesus was there. And now what we need to do is we ex as we accept Christ into our hearts anew, as this season invites us to do, as we invite Jesus anew into our hearts, we need to know that Jesus will continue to walk with us on our path, on our journey, and that we'll never be alone. And so let us join our hearts together, celebrating that Christ has come into our lives to be a blessing, to be a teacher, to guide us, to guard us, and to walk with us all the days of our lives. May it be so.